0: So today sheer we are continuing the halachot of Kriat Torah, something that we do at least three times a week, um, and there are many uh, halachot involved. So we are going to uh, focus on two main issues that we've uh, we discussed last or two weeks ago: the nature of the chiyuv is it the torahite? Is it the rabbanan? According to most opinions, it is a rabbinic obligation. And then we discuss is the obligation on the person or on the community. And again, it seems that according to most opinions, um, the obligation is on the community. And therefore, if a person misses kriyatha Torah, it is not the end of the world. There were poskims such as Rav Chaim Soloveitchik, Rav Soloveitchik. It seems also Rav Moshe Feinstein that seemed to imply that the Chiyuv was an, on the individual. Uh, that was the Minag of Moriba rabbi of Liechtenstein, who was Makbed when he would travel to Chutzlaretz and back, and and sometimes miss an entire parsha because uh, the time schedule between Chutzlaretz and Israel was different, that he would catch it up um, uh, and and get 10, 10 uh, yeshiva b'chirim from the, from the yeshiva to to read the entire parsha that he missed due to being in Chutzlaretz. Okay, so those are topics that we discussed um, last week. We're going to focus on two major topics uh, today. The first is how to behave regarding the Sefer Torah. What does it mean regarding the Sefer Torah? Um, First of all, when does one take the Sefer Torah out um, of the Aron HaKodesh? When does one take it to a mourner's house? Is that permitted? Is that not permitted? You're going away on holiday. It's now uh, the summer. Can we take a Sefer Torah? to a hotel, is that permitted? Question number one. Question number two, um, what happens when we do remove the the Sefer Torah from the Ark? Do we have to stand? When do we have to stand? So those are questions regarding our relationship to the Sefer Torah. The second topic that we're gonna be dealing with is how we actually are meant to have an aliyah. What are we meant to do? How are we meant to say the brachot? Um, And this happens on a weekly basis. Um, and so it's 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 worthwhile actually learning the halachot of what to do. We all generally get an aliyah at least once a year, uh, Simchat Torah. But many of us get an aliyah many times a year. And so it's worthwhile um, just going through the halachot of what one should do when one gets an aliyah, how one says the brachot, etc. Okay, let's uh, let's kick off. So I'm going to start with
1: the. Um, uh, I'm going to start with, as I said, taking, uh,
0: speaking during, during Kriyat HaTorah. Okay, so let's start with speaking during Kriyat Um, Sorry, no, 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 no. Um, before we get that, let's go back to the removal of the Sefer Torah from the Ark. The Gemara actually says in Masachet Kiddush, In Ibaylu, do we have to stand in front of a Sefer Torah of of Simon and all these Amoraim said "Kalvahome, Surely this is a Kalvachomer. If we stand in front of those who learn the Sefer Torah, mi lo Surely we should stand in front of the Sefer Torah itself. So it seems from the Gemara that we have to stand in front of a Sefer Torah, but it's not absolutely clear from what point we have to start and what point we have to stop. The Shulchan Aruch rules, one who sees the Sefer Torah when it is moving, one is obligated to stand in front of it. And the person, the chazan, is carrying the Sefer Torah, you remain standing until he takes it, he gets to his place, uh, he places the Sefer Torah on the bima. Or actually it's kasem enem, or until one cannot see the person anymore. Let's say a person's traveling and sees uh, a Sefer Torah, a hachnasat Sefer Torah, it's in, being walked in the street. One has to stand until one can't see it anymore. a Ramah. We don't have to stand in front of the, those, there's some of the now the Ramah adds another halacha. a person who just hears someone is carrying the Sefer Torah, even though he doesn't see it, a person, such a person has to uh, stand as well and this is brought down in the Beit Yosef already, in the name of Rabbeinu Manoach even though you just hear the Sefer Torah being traveled. And that's why, on, 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 on certain Sefer Torah, there are like bells uh, around the Sefer Torah. And this is in order that people should be able to hear the Sefer Torah being moved, and therefore they will stand. And he brings a, a, a proof. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a proof in theory, meaning uh, on, a, on in ideas. It's the same idea, even though the topic, the proof, is not regarding a sefer Torah. But he says, "Rabbi Tarfon kal kara Rabbi when he heard the footsteps of his mother, he said he has to stand in front of the shchina. So we know that you have to stand in front of parents and if you have to stand in front of the Sefer Torah, so basically Rabbeinu Menachos brought the proof that even hearing is uh, obligatory. Now the Aruh HaShulchan writes that uh, what about, is it really permissible to put uh, these bells on, um, on a Sefer Torah? Now during the week, there's no problem, but on Shabbat, to make a noise with bells. We don't have a, you shouldn't ring the doorbell. I'm not, obviously not an electric doorbell, but you know, a, a doorbell with a gonger, one shouldn't ring on, on Shabbat. So, what's going on over here? Why all of a sudden are we allowed to have bells on the Sefer Torah? Okay, we saw that if you, even if you hear, you didn't see, you have to stand. And that's if they are built. And this is a heter even on Shabbat. Even though, there is a problem over here of what the Gemara calls that it's, it's causing its, uh, uh, the, the sound to be made. Okay. The, the, the minag is to be made. Now, the question is, what happens when the Sefer Torah is not moving but the ark is open? There's a tab. Right? So, even if the Sefer Torah is on the Bima, where it's considered a, a private, reshuted, private domain, you know, and doesn't have to stand. The and even if the Ark is open, since the Ark is in the domain unto itself, one doesn't have to stand. It says the meaning of the Olam is to stand, but there's no absolute obligation. Now, Rav Moshe Feinstein says on this, he says, not only you, one could think that what the Taz is saying is that there's not an obligation but midina, uh, but there is an obligation mitzad the minhag. But the Rav Moshaphai clarifies in the second paragraph, he says, ach shayach He understands the taz to say as follows, Not only is there no obligation midina, according to the strict letter of the law to stand, if only if the Torah's um, uh, stationary and the ark is open, you don't have to stand. Also not only, we calling to strictly out of the law, even mitsad minhag, you don't have to stand. It's a good thing. V'dorot achronim ha-osin al-da'at avotehen velo li'itchayev mitzad atzman, she en b'zei chiyuv amidi minhag. So says, Rav Moshe Fainsey, look, there's no real chiyuv, even mitzad minhag. It's, uh, people have taken it upon themselves to stand when the Aram Kodesh is open. Now this um, this distinction, whether you have to stand when the Aron Kodesh is open or not, is very very important for we're coming up to the Yomim Noraim, Snaili Elul, and then Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and we know that Ne'ilah, the, the, the we we keep the Aron Kodesh open the entire time, and. Um, for many people, especially khoylim, um you know, it's the end of Yom Kippur fast and, and standing for the entire ne'ilah is difficult. It's actually the the Arun kodesh is open. So what do you do? So this uh, this Rabbi Moshe is important to know that for people that it's very difficult. One can one can basically sit. It's not it's not a, it's not an obligation. Even though I remember uh, when I was growing up that they gave the 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 ticha of Naila to a person Alainu, he was uh suffering from uh, cancer he passed away f- f- a few days after after um after neila and he stood the entire he, t- he stood the entire um N'ila service so but me'ikaradin, even mitzad minag one doesn't have to do that okay the says um that, there's a, that if you see the Sefer Torah passing, one should accompany the Sefer Torah as well until it reaches where it needs to get.
1: To be closed the door, sorry.
0: It's uh summer time, so I'm home here with the kids. Um, Some say that you bring the Sefer Torah to the children and they should kiss it in order to educate them. Okay, let's, um, uh, I mean, there's a lot of discussion over here. Another time where there's Lichora, you see the Sefer Torah, moving, we saw them ikaradin. if the Sefer Torah is moving, one has to stand. Where does this become problematic? And that is Simchat Torah. People are dancing with the sefer Torah for hours on end. You see the sefer Torah, does that mean you're not allowed to sit? So Lihora, according to what we have said, it's a big problem. So the Piskei trubot brings that, Ha'am no la There is, that the Minag is that people are making. But the truth is, is that um, um, it's not such a strong basis for, for the leniency other than it's very difficult. And therefore, um, it seems that the minak became that was uh, that uh, meaning the poskim tried to find a reason to be make a why it is. Um, but obviously, those who can be machmir should be machmir. Uh, the Yalkut say, says no. It says uh, while the hakafot are going on and the and the are moving, one should not sit at all. Okay, if one's a choile or zakein, right? Um, he even says for them reshaim la'shemet b'ein hakafah lahakafah biyamdu rak hakafot So he's makel between the hakafot, but not the actual hakafah itself. Okay, the next din is the din of Hagbah. Now, um, when when the the Shulchan Aruch the Halachot of Hagba, of of lifting up the Sefer Torah, this is interesting. It's brought before the Halachot of Kriyat Torah. Explains the Mishnah Brorah. Anyone who's been to a Svari, minag versus an Ashkenazim minag will see that there's a big difference when we do Hagbah. The Svaridim do Hagba before uh, the Kriyatah Torah and the Ashkenazim do it afterwards. This is based on the Ramah. The Ramah says Now, um, what is fascinating is that the Svaridim got it right and the Ashkenazim changed and the Ashkenazim uh, admit that they don't follow the original Hagbah proceeding. And why is that? Explains the Peskei Tshuvot. They change the Minak. They do Hagba after Kriyat HaTorah. He says, people in Ashkenaz thought it was more important to see the Sefer Torah then to hear the sefer So what would they do? They would come to shul. They would see the hagbah, and then they would leave full. So in order, this was crazy. So what would they? So what did the rabbis in Ashkenaz decide to do? Let's do hagbah afterwards. So people will come. They'll listen to the kriyat and then they will uh, see the Hagba afterwards, um, which is quite interesting. Uh, why were the people in Ashkenaz? Um, why were they leaving and people in the the Sweden weren't leaving, not sure what's going on over there. Um, But that's historically what seemed to be going on. Okay. Now, something that is not so um, known is that hagbats, it seems to be given, like, you know, the person who didn't get the aliyah, so he gets hagbats miskin. He's, like, second class. But the gemarimasekhamle Beth. Seems to imply the opposite. The person, here the Gemara uses the word golel, and we usually call the person who's golel is not the person who picks it up, but the Gemara is referring to the person who picks it up and and and, change, and winds it with his hands. He takes the reward of all the of everyone. Because Rabbi Yashwabin Levi said the one who. Uh, uh, basically, did the Hagbah, he gets the reward of all the 10 people that read the Sefer Torah. What he gets, he takes it from him. No, He gets the equivalent of all the people that got separate aliyahs. The person who does Hagbah, he gets the equivalent Sahar of everyone together. Um, now, how do you do Hagbah? And uh, the Masechet Sofrim says that Miyad golel ad shlosha When a person does Hagbah, they should be showing three columns. Magbia Mar Amam Mino And you pick it up and you show the three columns. i uh, you open the Sefer Torah three columns wide and show it to the community? Be, be in front of him, behind him. There's an obligation or mitzvah for all men and women to see the words and to bow, and to say, pointing out, according to the Sofrim, you should see the words, you should bow, and you should say. Um, and the Ramban brings a uh, brings a midrash based on this. There's a, a midrash that's describing the people that don't uphold the Torah. So he says the midrash seems to imply that those people who make the sifrei torah that don't put them properly in the aron kodesh. The however. Says the Ramban, I think what the Midrash is, or what the pastor in the Midrash is referring to, ala chazan sheno mekin sefadra ala tzibur la'arot p'nei k'tivato lakol. Moshe Mufwurash b'masechat zofrim, person who did hagba and did not show the sefad Torah in its proper way to the community. Shem ragminu ter mareh p'nei limino v'lismilo. Shem mitzvo anashim, he's quoting the, the Masechat the zofrim. So we see from Ya yeah, that the person who gets Hagb on the one hand has a huge a uh, Sachar reward, but he also has to do it properly, that he can show the people around, um, and this is how the Shulchan Aruch rules. You should show it in all directions, and, and he quoted, and then he quote the Shulchan Aruch says, and what then should the people do? they should bow and they should say Okay, okay v'zot ha-tara t'orat Hashem Ashkenazim generally don't say that second pachtuk now the Brura um, points out that you know he thinks the obligation of three columns is dependent on the strength of the person who's doing hagba if he's uh, not so strong then he doesn't have to do it so so much, Um, and there's something that Mamish people should try and be able to see the actual letters. Now, we've seen, at least uh, based on the Shulchan Aruch and the Sechid Sofrim, that when the community sees the Sefer Torah being lifted, they do two things. They bow and they say, V'zot Ashkenazi communities don't bow. And um, in fact, there seems to be another and that is raising the pinky, but bowing doesn't seem to be. The Tzavadi do bow. Uh, at least many Tzavadi communities, they follow the, the prat of what the Shulchan Aruch uh, seem to say and the Mesechet uh, But it, it seems to be almost universal that Ashkenazi, Ashkenazi communities don't bow. It's a bit of a pele. What happened? Um, and many Akronim and Poskim seem to to discuss this, uh, Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank was um, uh, concerned, what happened? What, what, why, why do Ashkenazim not bear? Hinei ben Shulchan Aruch kata v'mechabe she mitzvah lakol alashim alashim lirot v'likhroah to see the writing and to bear. V'emet ra'it ya'ver alashim che'en lam nizzerim v'zevenim korek. I see many, Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank was the chief rabbi of Jerusalem, uh, but he dropped in Ashkenazi communities, and he is seeing that people didn't do it. And he's not sure why. So he brings, he, he found the Shilte Giborim. He says, maybe this it's based on the Shilte Giborim. We already saw that Gemara, you meant to stand. You meant to stand for Tamil Chacham. How much more so you should stand for the Sefer Torah? Venir Ebe Nai Jeloam Ru Ella La Amod Mipna Torah Baloli Stacha Votla Balonim Sab Holata Torah Shemishtaha bin Aphilu La Aron Akodesh Kemuvoar Hatam Ad Kanishona Says the Shiltagi Borim we stand, but we never bow to a safetorah because we've never found anywhere in the Torah that we should bow to the safet Torah. This is a very interesting discussion idea over here, the Shil Zekei saying, you don't bow, even to a Sefer Torah, you don't bow. meaning we bow to Akosh Baruch Ah, the Torah is, is, is obviously given by Akosh Baruch but there might still be a distinction. At least, says Rav Tzvi Pesach maybe that is the reason why B'nai Ashkenaz stopped bowing to the Sefer Torah. However, his conclusion, B'ni Reshe'en Lazuz Mi but he says no. We shouldn't. The, the, the correct thing is to bow, as is brought down in the Zohar, because it's written in Brich uh, Shmei uh, that we bow, and that is brought down from the Zohar Hakadosh. Um, so there are other reasons possibly given why we don't bow down when we see the Sefer Torah. I think it's very interesting the the Samara brought down by. Uh, Rav Tzvi Pesach Frank in the name of the Shilta Giborim, but uh, as I said, the Rav Frank himself didn't think that that Swara was strong enough, and he thinks that Banashkana Ashkenaz should, should be down. Okay, that is the end of that topic. We're now going to discuss another um, very, very common uh, Shaila, and that is when is one permitted to remove a safer Torah from the shul and take it to a hotel, to a Shabbos chosen, uh, to a house of mourning, etc. Where is wh- wh- why is there a problem? So the problem starts from the Gemara in Yerushalmi in Yuma Halacha uh, says Daf uh, says uh, the Yerushalmi. Everywhere we say that the people go after the Sefer Torah, the Hacha. But here, it's referring to the Avoda in the Beit HaMikdash, when the Kohen Gadol was in uh, doing his Avodah. We take the Sefer Torah to the Kohen
1: Gadol for him to read.
0: Why doesn't the Kohen Gadol go to the Torah? So the Gemara answers, Yerushalmi answers, since we're talking about the Kohen Gadol, the great, important person, so it is honorable for the Torah even to go to an Adam Chashuv, like the Kohen Gadol. Based on this, the Mordechai in Rosh Hashanah explains as follows, prisoners, that are captured. And we see from the Yerushalmi, says the Mar-a-Chai, that it is not permitted to take a safer Torah to a person unless he happens to be very important, such as the Kohen Gadol. And therefore, prisoners who are locked in jail, says the Mar-a-Chai, we don't bring them a safer Torah even for Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. How do we pass? If you have students, uh, prisoners that are captured and incarcerated in prison. So the Shulchan Aruch is that it's not a Torah to bring a Torah to such people, says the Ramah. Bahayinu Dafka Bishata ha When is it Asur, uh, Dini, Dini. Sorry, one second. But. um dafke Dafka Bishata kriya levat. Avar ima khinim lo sifrei Torah yom o yomayim kodem mutar vimu adam chashuv v'chol inyan shari. Now this is a very important, uh distinction that the ramah says the ramah says you're right you cannot take a safer torah to a person uh, unless he happens to be a very important person such as a coin god <laughs> however just to take it to a person would be problematic however if we were to take the safer torah and make it not that we're taking it to a person but we're making a new home for the safer torah and it just happens to be that new that new home happens to be where this person is. Then we're not bringing the sefer Torah to that person. We're changing the address of where the sefer Torah lives, and then that person can be there. In order to do that, we have to take the sefer Torah to that place and make a place for it for at least one or two days. That's what the Rama says. If we take the sefer Torah to place yom or yomaim for them,
1: mutar, and the Mishbura explains. Um, that on this Yom Oyomay, Vachronim is Kim,
0: ruled, even if you're going to, let's say you're going to a hotel for Shabbat. So when you're going to arrive, you're going to arrive five minutes before Shabbat. Or on that day, let's say you're going to a place and you're going to arrive on thursday morning and you want to and you want to or you arrive there wednesday night um but it's already the same same day and you want to read thursday morning it's not a problem as long as it's going to be there for a day or two it's okay but the important thing is you have to prepare a place to place the Sefer Torah. And that way, the Sefer Torah is now got a new address. And if the Sefer Torah has got a new address, then there's no problem. And therefore, when when there's a Kriya Tadra, you take it out of the new Aaron Kodesh and then you replace it there. But then it's not recognizable you bring in the Sabbath specifically for the Kriyat. Rather, this is where the Sabbath now lives, and now you're just taking it out to read. We said, now, If it's an important person, you can bring the Sabbath Torah for the reading just for that person. What's an important person? He has to be a huge Tamid Chacham. The other mit g'dolim If it is a big Talmid Chacham, then it's not considered a zilzul. However, says the Sefer shem amor ha the b'chashu v'afilo eno anus shari. Even if a person is not under duress, it's an important person, you can bring the Sefer Torah to them. machmarim rakom. And there are people that are still machmir about if it's just an important person, Maybe it's not important enough and therefore one should always uh, prepare a place to put the Sefer Torah and that way one gets around the problem. Now, let's just read the Bir al-Acha. Even when we say that it's Asur for the prisoners, maybe there was only one or two prisoners or nine prisoners. Um, however, if there are 10 people um, that are prisoners, the 10 prisoners, since these people obli- are obligated now to read the Sefer Torah, now they can't go out and get a Sefer Torah. Even the Mordechai would agree in such a case that it would be permitted. Now we've summarized in the English, uh, the Mishnah of the time brings down basically a few points where it is permitted to move a Safer Torah. So let's just read them the six uh, points. The most, uh, or some authorities disagree with the Mordechai and permit a Safer Torah to an individual if he is under duress, right? So for pasha
1: Zahor or pasha Para, even one prisoner, Lichora, Yesh Makom The house minion Rosh Hashanah, says the Mishnah if people are going to pledge tzedakah,
0: meaning there's going to be more aliyot, because now there's a breakaway minion, and people are going to pledge more tzedakah, then it is permitted. Um, and otherwise, what about bringing a safer torrent to a place, as long as it's designated there for a day or two, and then you can take it out to read, then, it, then it's okay. Okay, there's uh, other um, examples brought down over here in the Pitske Trubot, but basically the principle is that when you're talking about a house of mourning, you're talking about all of these places, as long as you bring it for a day or two, but it should be important that it sh- you should be bringing the Sefer Torah to a specific place. It doesn't have to be that you build an Aaron Kodesh, but there should be a designated place where the Sefer Torah is residing. Um, the Igroth Moshe brings over here. We won't read it uh, uh, out of time restraints, but, you know, let's, let's read it. The Igrot Moshe is dealing with the Chatan and Kala, They're having a Shabbos Chatan and uh, they wanted to bring a sabbat Torah to the hotel, whatever it is, and they have a private minion. He says that like, the Shabbat Kodesh told out, uh, they wanted to take a sabbat Torah to the house of the Chatan. And I ruled that they are permitted to do so. Now, says Rabbi Moshe Veinstein, we do have a place where we do take out Sifrei Torah to different abodes, even just to read it. And when is that? On Simchat Torah. Simchat Torah, everyone's got to get an aliyah. And what do we do? We have breakout minyanim, and we take uh, Sifrei Torah to different places in the shul complexes, sometimes it's outside even, and it seems that no one, no one has a problem with it. So it says of Moshe Faisi, Why? Because everyone over there needed to get an aliyah, and similar over yeah, here, the Khatan's family they all wanted to get an aliyah. So that was the same the same reason to be michael right? again kol each one wants to go up to the read the Torah. And since for Bait Knesset, for everyone to get an aliyah at such a tzirchbura, that's why you allow to spread it out. So this is and that's why since all the relatives want to get an aliyah. Because the fact that people want to get an aliyah says from Faising, that in and of itself is giving kavod to the Torah, and the whole purpose over here that we don't want to move the Sefer Torah is because it's a lack of kavod for the Torah. But here, since people want to get an aliyah, that tafka is showing uh, give, that we try to give kavod to the Torah. Um, what about a house of mourning? So here Yesh L'akel says the Yalkut Yosef Lavi Sefer Torah L'nechob bevet Avel Grubo, Krugosheini v'Chamishi. You're allowed to take a Sefer Torah to the house of an Um, especially in Meiyachid Lo Aron Veteva. Especially if you dedicated a place on Aron or something to put it there. We said that that is the ideal, because then basically that gets the new address of where the Sefer Torah is living. Um, okay, let's uh us Regarding that, um, I'm going to skip the machshava part, but I'll just say Balper Perav Soloveitchi compares Shiat Torah that it's not just a public Torah reading, but it's basically a reenactment a, uh, of standing at Har Sinai, that we have the Chavaya, we have the experiential uh, um, motif of standing in front of a Kosh Baruch Hu and hearing Matan Torah, hearing him giving us the Torah, that's what we should be feeling at um, every time uh, we have Kriyat Torah. Okay, so that's the end of that fear. Um, I'm now going to go on to the alachot of Kriyat Torah, specifically. Um, well, let's see how we're going to uh, see how much we can get through of this uh, of this fear. First of all, speaking during Kriyat Torah is there a real problem? So the Gemara in Masechet Ptal Lametet says, "Amar Rava bar Rav K'evan keivan sheniftach sefer Torah, asur Saper afilu bedvar halacha." Once the Torah scroll has been opened, it is prohibited to speak, even regarding halacha ay Torah. Shenemar uvepitcho Pitcho kolam. And when Ezra opened the Sefer the entire nation stood. And the Gemara explains that, what does it mean the entire nation stood? It means they kept quiet. Okay, they bring a, a pasuk from Eov. Now the Beit Yosef says, although it's permitted to leave the shul between, a uh, aliyot, asur, to speak between aliyot is prohibited. Once the Torah has been opened, one cannot speak. Torah afilo asur. says Yonah, even though you have closed the sefer Torah, it's still prohibited because it didn't say as long as it's open. It says, once you've opened it, it's prohibited. The mashna, the mishri'ah she niftach b'pamer yishonah, asur l'saper, ad she kol a parashah Abeni is very machmir, that basically from the time of the beginning of Kriyat HaTorah until the end of the Kriyat HaTorah, no talking at all, not even between Aliyoth. V'nire <inaudible> d'tayim mishum de'ikil ha so the Beit Yosef says, what's the logic? Uh, and he thinks that it's perhaps if a person is talking between aliyot, he must continue the conversation into when the person the Bal Koreh starts reading. However, the Shulchan, the Beit Yosef says that the Rambam disagrees with the um, Rabbeinu Yonah and it seems
1: that the prohibition is only while the Baal is reading or um, <clears throat> now one could understand that the Beit Yosef over here is saying no the Rambam agrees with
0: uh, with Rabbeinu Yonah he's just saying when does the beginning point begin according to Rabbeinu Yonah as soon as the scroll is open and according to Rambam, when the the Baal-Kore starts to read, but both of them agree that between Gavra-le-Gavra, between Aliyot, it's still gonna be a problem. Let's see how the Shulchan Aruch rules. K'evan, this is our Akhaim Siman Kuf member, K'evan Torah. While, once the the Baal-Koreh starts reading the sephah Torah, meaning he's passing like the Rambam, not like Rabbi asur l'saper Torah, can't speak even the Torah. The Afilo Bain Gavra Legavra. Yeah, he's the understanding that even according to the Rambam, there seems to be that between Aliyot, there's still a problem. Right? Even if the person himself has already concluded the parasha. There's the magin of Ram. Rambam. That's true. That is the opinion of the Rambam. the that once the seventh is open, like, like Rabbeinu Yona, it's already prohibited. Ubach Pasak. Now the 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 Chadash, an important Achron, rule the bein gavre le Gavra mutach. Now we haven't seen this opinion. Lichora, both Rabbeinu Yona and the Rambam agree that from the beginning of Kriyat Torah, they might argue on when the beginning starts, when the Torah is opened or when the the Belchere starts. But both of them agree that between Gavra le Gavra, between aliyot, it's going to be prohibited to speak. But the Bach says it's mutar over prata idna shemarichin the mishaberach, and I think that's an important line of yah, especially in our generations where we have these long mishaberachs. So therefore, it is permitted, says the Bach. And now the Isha Yisrael holds mishashepatchu. That's the say, companion of Hilchot Tefillah uh, says mishashepatchu etsefatara krobo one should not speak, even Even when the 10 other people that are listening, one should not speak. Uh, the Elia Rabbah, okay, so it, it, it comes out that yes, I'm on, uh, room to be machmir, not to speak at all, uh, even between aliyot, um although i think if we could be make sure that everyone wasn't speaking just when this uh, the bal is reading that would be uh, that would be a good thing um, but as we saw and then we can then rely on the bach um, but as we saw even between even between Eliyot is a problem Vachomer, ben benosh um when the sefer torah is being read itself okay now it comes to a very very common issue many people uh many from learned people have a challenge and that is are you allowed to read and learn during kriyatah torah now from the gemarine sotala metet it sounds like sounds from that in Sota that there's a problem of learning torah while there's Kriyat HaTurah. On the other hand, we have a Gemaraim Masekha Prachot, Rav Sheshit Mahadar Apeh Vagaris. Rav Sheshit would turn his back and he would continue learning. Amar, and he would say, Anan Bedidan, Ve'inu Bedidu. I'm learning, well I'm learning them for them, well I'm engaged in my affairs and they're engaged in their affairs. And Toswat bring the, the, seems to contradict the Gemaraim Sotah. Vim Tomar says to When when they opened it, all the nations stood. That once the Torah is opened, it is prohibited from even speaking. So how could Rav Shesh continue learning? And Tosor brings three answers. Answer number one. Hatam ayri ram v'atlu torah. The Gemara Sotah that said that it was prohibited—that's when you're reading, you're learning out loud, and you're going to disturb people. The Ayri Benachat, and Rav it was learning silently. The ape. and the fact that he turned his back, Ravuta Mashma, is coming to say that even when he turned his back, and even though he turned his back, it's as if he's leaving the Sefer Torah, never is the soul permitted. Why did he do it? He wanted to concentrate. But the first answer of Toswat is, as long as you are learning silently and you're not disturbing, it is permitted to carry on learning. Answer number two, he quotes in the name of Rav Al-Fasi, the Reef that this is how the commentators have explained the seeming contradiction. When the Gemara Sultan Sotah said that it's Asur to speak Torah or learn, that was when there weren't 10 other people that were listening and hearing the Sefer Torah being read. However, Rav Sheyot was over and above the 10 people. And if you are not one of the 10 people, then, or are the more than ten people, then you can
1: carry on learning And in the case of Rav Sheshi, we're talking about that he had there were more than ten people in
0: the Beit Midrash, so he could carry on learning. The odd a second answer of the Rif. This is the third answer brought down in Tosfos, right? Tosfos' first answer. Is maybe there's a distinction between learning out loud versus learning silently. The second answer is whether there are ten people besides him or not. The third answer of the uh, the second answer of the riff, the third answer brought in tosvat the uh, odd tires salfasi shani mm-hmm. Ravshekit. Ravshet was different. Ravshet was different because Ravsheshit learned Torah his whole life. He was, uh, that's what he did, as, as, that was his profession, to learn Torah. The anan mistaber lan ki said this third answer seems to be the most uh, reasonable, um, meaning that according to Tossot, even if one is learning silently, even if there are more than 10 people um, other than you in the shul, it is problematic to learn Torah, unless that's what you do all day. You're an avrech in uh in Yeshiva, and that's what you're doing all day. You're learning all day. Maybe then one can be uh Makel, but according to Taswad, other than that, one should not learn during um during Kriatatra. Rabbeinu Yana brings a fourth answer. Venire Lomayri Arav Sheim kodem shen if severe ho zer panav umarea tmoshe no roteli shmoa sepatara elolikro umathili kro muta. That if before the Sefer Torah is opened, person opens up his Gemara, and uh, shows that he's starting to learn, in such a case, it is permitted. Even a regular person, not only person who is Torah Torah. Why the Kehav and Shekvari the mitzvah Since he's already began the mitzvah of learning. And people see that he began learning beforehand. He doesn't have to stop before because of the Seba Even Rav if he hadn't started learning beforehand, he would not be able to open up his Gemara in the beginning. Um, so, this is, this is uh, quite important. Uh, I give a daf Yom Mishir straight after uh, Shabbos, uh, Shabbos morning um, uh, minyan. And uh, often I'm, I'm, I need to go through the daf uh, Toch day During learning. I try and uh, look at it, especially during the Mishabarach. This is a good time for me to, to just make sure that, that I've, I've, I've uh, covered everything before I give over the daf. So, according to Rabbeinu Yonah, what I need to do is I need to make sure that my Gemara is open before the Kriya so I Open up the Gemara and then put the Chumash on top of it and then tokhila, I move the Chumash. I can carry on reading the Gemara, the, the Kriya Tatora comes along, I can continue, etc. Lichara, according to Rabbeinu Yonah, I, I, could, I could continue learning even while Kriya Tatora is going on. So those are the four opinions brought down, one of Tosvot, two of the Rift, one of Rabbeinu Yonah, the uh, Rambam rules regarding the second
1: uh, um, opinion of the Rif, meaning it was unique because Torah told Right now, how does the Shulchan rule? Here, the Shulchan rules as follows: Keivan, and
0: this is Arachaim Kuf Mem Tav. Keivan Chint Chilak Li while well, once the Sefer Torah is being read. So that we've seen before. Now says the Shulchan Arach is starting to talk about regarding learning. Some say that one can learn silently. The opinion number one of Torah. That if there are 10 people that are listening to Kriya that it's permitted to speak the Bretara. And so I'm permitted if this is the
1: person who learns all day. He already opened his Gemara, then it is permitted.
0: Okay, so basically the Shulchan Aruch basically brought all four answers. And what does he say at the end? One should not rely on any of these answers. Rather, one should listen to the words of the Sefer Torah being read. Um, and that's how the Shulchan Aruch seems to uh, pass it. Okay. Um, We'll just we'll try and finish up with one or two more halachot regarding kriyat Torah. And that is what happens if a person is sleeping and there are only 10 people in Shul. So we saw regarding, regarding Tzfila that if one person is sleeping Lichora, one can continue regarding Kedusha and things like that. What about sefer Torah? They are the prima Gadim. Was not sure about the salah and the Mishnah says, "I don't understand." He quotes the Agra. Right? Um, it's, it's still prohibited to speak, even if you've already learned the, the even if you've already heard the Kriyat HaTorah. We also found a on this Torah. Uh, sorry, that Prima Gadim was not the Prima Gadim I was thinking of, or regarding another Prima Gadim. Um, one second. Um, okay, so we're going to end with that. Uh, let's see if this and Yalkut Yosef. I'm just, uh, let me see if there's. Yeah, let's, let's go to the, the summary over here um, so we can just summarize. It. So, so we saw that basically regarding the Gemayim Sotar, it sounds like one should not even learn once Torah reading has begun. Regarding the Gemayim Brachot, we saw that Rav she did carry on learning. How do we resolve the contradiction? According to Tosvot, there's a distinction between learning aloud versus learning soft. According to the Rambam in the Rift, a person who tau he can learn, but everyone else should stop learning. Regarding the Bahag, Right? it could be that if there are 10 people that are listening besides me, then I can learn. And according to Rabbi Neon, it depends. that I start learning before the Sefer Torah was opened or not? Shukhanah brought all four opinions, but bottom line, he says that one should be makhbi to, to listen to the Sefer Torah and not, and not to learn. Now... Um, That is also the opinion of the Bira Al-Achaim Episkat that one shouldn't learn during Kriyat HaTorah. The Yalkut Yosef says one can basically be lenient, but it's not recommended to. When a person is about to give shirah, as I often am straight off the the davening, so I am somech on the achronim that are basically say that it is permitted um, although one shouldn't do it while the sabbatical is actually being uh, read, but definitely during uh, during the aliyot, there, there is, it seems to be no problem, um, and that seems to be the the bottom line of this halacha. Okay, um, this topic sleeping and the others we will finish bezrat Hashem next week, and that's when we will. Uh, We will uh, finish all of your thoughts and we'll move on to the next uh, topic. Okay. Thank you for listening and see you next week.
1: Thank you you very much. Hope you had a good holiday. You too. Bye.